Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Just a quick reminder that if you have any questions or comments about the sermon or theology in general or I don't know, any topic, really, you can email that to askask at isunrise.org, and we will be sure to address that and answer any questions you have in the podcast. So today we are talking about the April 30th sermon titled, Be the Best. We are continuing our sermon series in First Peter, and this was an interesting one because it had a lot of application for today mainly because the things that Peter is saying to these people would have been incredibly hard for them, I can imagine, and is incredibly hard for us too. One of the things that they talk about is honoring the emperor. We're just going to jump right in. Here we go. They talk about honoring the emperor, and you mentioned that the emperor during this time was Nero, notoriously the worst emperor, persecuted Christians, terrible. And what is Peter in this passage that we cover, he goes through several things, but can you talk a little bit about what he is saying in regards to their relationship with the emperor? Well, I think the first thing he's saying is that the structure that is in place is not by accident, that we as human beings need some type of structure, some type of order to organize ourselves. And uh, that's the first thing he says, and that's the reason we should submit, is because it's a good thing God is looking out for us. But Our reason for submitting is for the Lord's sake, that we're obeying the Lord. We're doing the things that God wants us to do. And so uh, when I titled it Be the Best, I meant we should be the best citizens. Because what he's going to move here is from different—think of them as concentric circles— Uh, Our relationship to our government, our relationship to our employer is by application what we're going to go into next. And then our relationship within the family unit. All of these units set up some type of structure, some someone who is responsible. And Peter doesn't want his readers to, to think that it is by happenstance or accident that those leaders, those in leadership positions, got there uh, just on a whim, that God uniquely has placed them there, whether we like it or not, that God is not surprised by their action or inaction, and that we should, uh, in reference to following him, submit to them and be the very best, in the case of this message or this passage that we covered, be the very best citizens. We are to acknowledge that for whatever reason, God has him in that position. And this goes back to the Old Testament, to the book of Daniel, God establishing kingdoms. You know, when you think of of Daniel, his relationship to the Babylonian emperor, when you think of Joseph serving Pharaoh, there's this relationship that believers have with their government. It's interesting the way he structures this, because while he says we're to respect, he also has structured this in a way that says that's not the number one priority. The number one priority is our fear of God. Yeah, so you mentioned in the sermon chiasm, which is a popular literary device during this time. I remember covering it in Latin class when we were looking at Roman poetry. 
Can you talk a little bit more about what exactly this is and the purpose of using a chiasm? The word chiasm, it comes from the Greek letter chi, which is kind of an X. And what it does, because they didn't use bullet points back then, they didn't use indentions, they had to have some type of way to signal, okay, here's what's important. Sometimes that's done by placing a word at the beginning of the sentence or at the end of a sentence. You, you kind of look there. Sometimes it happens when they repeat a word throughout. They're, they're signaling. They're giving you that kind of signal. In this particular passage, what he does in verse 17 is he says, show proper respect to everyone. And this is an attitude to show to everyone. And then that would be what we would call B1 in this. Then he says, love the family of believers. That would be A1. And then he would say, fear God, because God and the family of believers go together. And then he would come out of that with uh, B2, with honor the emperor. Because the emperor is not a believer. The emperor is not in the family. So he comes into that. He works from the outside in. And so I think just about every commentator pointed out that by doing that, he's emphasizing your priority is to God first and the family of God. And that's who you obey. You fear God and you want to obey him, but you honor the emperor because of his position. It's just a literary device. And when you pick up on it, you get an idea of what the author thinks is important. It doesn't mean it's a big reveal every time, but it gives you a hint to what he wants to prioritize. And again, we want to not bring our views into the text. We want to try as best we can to understand what the author was saying, and we want to emphasize what he wanted to be emphasized. Can you say a little more about what it means? Where's the line between being the best citizen and being reasonable? And they're not pushovers. It would be easier for us to do that than for them back there. Our government is set up of the people, by the people, and for the people. They didn't have that uh, situation. The, what the emperor said was, was law, uh, by and large. When government thinks that it can step in and ask us to violate a conviction, then we need to know when to say no. You can go only so far. And when we say no, we've got to be willing to suffer the consequences of that, uh, that decision. And we got to, we, you know, I said a few weeks ago that an opinion is, a, uh, is when you hold an idea. A conviction is when an idea holds you. And I think that the idea that there is a God, that he is in control, that he has redeemed us, that we're part of his kingdom, that we are his citizens first and foremost, that we follow his rules, that that idea should so capture our imaginations that when our, the earthly government says that we, uh, they don't want us doing something, for instance, in the message, I mentioned that less than a month ago in England, a woman was arrested for praying outside of an abortion clinic. Now, she was not praying out loud. She was praying in her heart, in her mind. And so when the government says it's going to control our thoughts, 
that's going too far. There comes a time when we have to say no. We have to be like Martin Luther to the authorities that he had to stand in front of, saying, here I stand, I can do no other. If the government does not give us a choice, then we must, as a, as a free people, as a people whose hearts and imaginations have been captured by a Savior who loves us, then we must take a stand. Because God has kept us here to be salt and light, to, to bring light into darkness. The implications of that is we need to know what God wants. And we know that by reading his word, by studying, by being discipled, so that we can, can stand. And when we stand, there is grace that meets us in those moments. So there will be some tension there. What I don't like is when believers make an issue of something that's not an issue. Yeah, we are called to be the best citizens, but we need to remember that our citizenship is first and foremost in the kingdom of God. So when we're best citizens of that kingdom, we will be great citizens of of this earthly one. That's right. We'll be superb. But there's also times when being the best citizen of the kingdom of God means that you look in the world's eyes like a terrible citizen because you're bucking against what the world has said is good. That's exactly right. Thank you for breaking that down and for explaining that a little further for us. Hopefully that clarifies some things and gives people some good things to think about. Thank you for that. And thank you all for listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.